Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time for the Rutherford Report on 101 ESPN. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. With Alex Ferrario and Tanner Hendrickson and Grant Francis, and now in studio, Jeremy Rutherford, our Blues insider for The Athletic. I'm Brandon Kiley. You can follow JR on Twitter at JP Rutherford. JR is on vacation, and yet still yesterday, as I texted him saying, hey, do you want to do our, our typical spot on Tuesday? He said, let me give you a call. Let me give you. JR's the nicest human being in the world and said, hey, I, I never want to tell you guys no. What if I actually came in studio with you guys instead? Yeah, okay, JR. While you're on vacation, yes, you're allowed to come just say in studio. No, man. How you doing today, man? Yeah, doing well. Uh, hey, shout out to uh, Zach. Hey, listen, uh, I, I, you know, I always say that when you're in media, all you do is report the news. You're not somebody. You're not a celebrity. It's silly, you know, when it says let's go to the celebrity line, all that stuff. You know, I just grew up. I wanted to be a newspaper guy. Now I write for the Athletic. Uh, but my point being, I'm in the gas station today, and I come out with an energy drink and a protein bar. Take a big old honking bite of this protein bar. Typical Jr. Typical me, right? And somebody says, "Hey, Jr." It never happens, right? And so this guy must have, you know, saw my belly and said, "Oh, yeah, he's, he's the guy that covers the blues for the athletic." <laughs> Did you have the hat on or off at that point in time? Could have been the hat that gave it away. So my, my point being, I turn around and with a mouth full of this protein bar. Hey, what's up? So sorry about that, but uh, shout out to Zach. Uh, so Jr., let, let's start here. Um, there's really no news with the Blues. There's there's nothing going on. We're kind of in the doldrums of okay, we we had the the trade sweepstakes and everything with Matthew Kachuk, and then there was okay, what's the pivot now? And now we're into the okay, so this is basically basically going to be the team as we approach training camp. What's your biggest question? Like as you're sitting back and you're thinking to yourself, okay, what am I going to be writing about over the next couple of months, especially as we get into training camp? What's your biggest question for the 2022 St. Louis Blues? Yeah, I think you could come up with a list of 10 of them, but if you had to put one at the top of the list, it would be Jordan Bennington. I think it has to be. I think even though you lose uh, David Prawn, and that's a big loss, you know, I can't underscore that enough. Uh, talking about uh, nine 20 goal scores, great. Yeah, but this guy, 27 goals and what he did on the power play and, and just as a leader. Uh, but I think the Fords are going to be okay, right? I mean, you should see progression with guys like Jordan Cairo, even Robert Thomas. Defensively, it's the same defense, right? I mean, so if everybody's healthy, you know what to expect from most of these guys. Sure, it won't play out exactly like you think, but I think, you know, you, you know enough about those guys uh, to, to think this is the defense. But it's the goaltending. It really is. Billy Huso's gone. We know that. Thomas Grice is in. You know, capable goaltender, is he really Huso? No. Can he push Jordan Bennington for starts? No. If Jordan Bennington isn't close to the Jordan Bennington that we think he can be, this team's in trouble. So to me, as you get into training camp, what did he do this offseason to prepare himself? How is he mentally? Can he shoulder the load? Can he be the guy like we saw in the playoffs? That's the biggest question. JR, are you surprised that the, the offseason played out like this? Because I think everyone had the narrative in their mind that, oh, it was going to be Chikrin or, or it was going to be Matthew Kachuk or 
man, the, the Blues might trade Vladimir Tarasenko. But to go this route where it was Perron and Kachuk gets traded and you add a couple of fourth liners, like, are you surprised it turned out this way? Well, I do remember talking, I think it was you guys, in fact, uh, hey, what kind of offseason do you expect this to be? Do you expect there to be uh, some big moves? And I think, I, you know, I said, hey, guys, I think it's going to be quiet. Now, obviously, we followed the storylines, followed the Kachuk storyline, the, the Tarasenko, you know, which that still could happen. And all of a sudden, next week or two weeks from now, we're talking about it being a, you know, a big change this offseason. But right now, as it stands, this looks to be the team. Yes, you know, I thought probably something could have happened. And, and I think if we had Doug Armstrong in here, he'd probably tell us he wished something would have happened. Mm-hmm. But it just didn't. And you, you can't look at it, I don't think, as you know this big picture. I think you have to look every offseason at you know the, the individual things. You tried to get Kachuk. It didn't happen. Um, you know, I know they tried to move Tarasenko. It didn't happen. You know, so you want to keep the defense afloat? Okay, well, guess what? Nick Letty's the guy who wants to come here, who's in your price range, so they make that deal happen. You know, you could get chicken, but are you giving up Cairo, Thomas, you know, somebody mm-hmm. like that? They're not going to do that. So you have to look at all those situations individually. You know, I think when you do that, you understand why each thing didn't happen and, and why we are here where we are. Jeremy Rutherford's in studio with us for another five minutes or so. 65780 is the Air Comfort Service text line. If you guys have any questions for JR, we can do some quick hitters at the end of this segment from the text line as well, uh, getting all of your questions answered. I did want to ask you, so I was reading your mailbag last week. I thought it was a really good piece. People should check it out over at The Athletic. And you were asked about Ryan O'Reilly and his future in St. Louis. And you wrote, I would re-sign O'Reilly, but not for the money that the the listener or the reader uh, was suggesting. I'm thinking more along the lines of three years at around a $5 million AAV. I know that sounds low, but when people were saying 5 or $6 million per year for David Perron, I thought it would be a lot less and a potential two-year deal would have gotten it done. I don't know for sure that O'Reilly would take less, but yes, Armstrong offering up the rare no-movement clause might be something that could make it work. Again, that came from over in your mailbag. When you think about the Ryan O'Reilly potential extension talks, is that something that you would imagine are taking place over the next few weeks? Or do you think that this goes into the season and bleeds into the season for him? Yeah, tough to say, you know, whether it happens before the season or during the season or if it happens at all. But I think if you're going to lay out the landscape and, and say, you know, what could this thing look like if they did it uh, with the blues, you know, I, that's, that's what my feeling is. And, and so, you know, going into the prawn situation, a lot of people were saying six, $7 million, you know, I, I get it. That's what he's worth on the market. But if he was coming back here, we knew the Blues cap situation. That's not what it was going to be. With Ryan O'Reilly, look, Robert Thomas is the guy. He has taken over. He signed the eight times 8.1. He's the guy. He's the future. You know, slowly but surely, he's going to take more and more, and that's going to be his role. Look, I love Ryan O'Reilly as a player. I think he does so much more than you even look on the stat sheet, or even if you're watching the game, you don't catch everything he does. And he is only going to be 32 at the start of the next contract. But are we really talking a five or six or seven year deal for Ryan O'Reilly? I don't think that's the case. I really don't. So to me, and I'm glad you you mentioned that uh, the context was that the reader threw out the dollars of like, what, six or seven million dollars, four or five years. I don't think that's what we're looking at. If Ryan O'Reilly and the Blues come to something, and I don't know if it's going to be before the season, in the season, whenever, uh, but I think... At best, we're looking at a, a contract that's about three years. That's probably about five million. Is it a little more? Not sure. He's not David Prawn's age, thirty-four. He's still thirty-one. 
going to be 32 when the contract starts. So, you know, I would be comfortable giving him that if and when they got to uh, an extension. In your opinion, Jer, how much does a Ryan O'Reilly extension play into the Braden Shannon Robert Thomas contracts with the team? Well, you know, Thomas, obviously, he's here for good now. That's eight years. Um, and with Shen, the one thing when you talk about having all three of those guys is you have that flexibility with Brain Shen to play on the wing. And perhaps as he gets older, maybe that's where he plays more. Like, I certainly wouldn't think that you would lock Ryan O'Reilly up for three more years when you have Brain Shen for, what, five, yeah. six more? And then and then uh, Thomas, Thomas for eight. eight more. You know, that's a long time if you're talking about having your three guys up the middle. But if Shen can play that left wing and, you know, that contract's already done, you're not changing that. You know, I think that uh, the Ryan O'Reilly contract, you know, probably would be based a little bit off that. But I think more so Doug Armstrong would say, okay, here's what we get in the player O'Reilly. Here's what the numbers say we're going to get for the next couple of years. Here's what we can pay him. And then if Ryan O'Reilly feels like that's fair, then they could come to some term. How is your conf- or where is your confidence level that this will get done, given what we've seen over the last few years with Alex Petrangelo walking, with David Perron walking, with uh, Pat Maroon, obviously very different level, but the hometown hero, everything coming off of the Stanley Cup final, him walking as well. Where is your belief level that this will get done today compared to where it might have been two years ago, three years ago? I would say less. I would say that had you asked me a couple years ago, what's going to happen with Ryan O'Reilly? He just won a cup. You know, he's still only going to be 32 when he's due a contract. I would say, oh, shoot, you know, 80, 90 percent. He's coming back for sure. I'm not saying he's not coming back. I'm just saying after you watch Petranzo walk, after you watch David Prawn walk, you know, I think that Doug Armstrong has proven time and time again that he's making business decisions and not love connections. And I, <laughs> I think that's the situation here. You know, Ryan O'Reilly's the captain of the team. He's the Conn Smythe winner. He's every single thing you want in a St. Louis Blues player and captain. And yet, if it doesn't make sense to Doug, Ar- Doug Armstrong, then it's not going to happen. And, and so, you know, we'll see if there's a little leniency we'll see if you know the couple years age difference between ryan o'reilly and david Prawn makes that much of a difference and then to go back to that other one you know will it take a no move does ryan o'reilly say hey look i'll come back three years you know 4.85 million dollars but i need that no move does doug armstrong budge on that you know we're just throwing that out there not saying that that will come to that uh, but but if it does you know perhaps that could play a factor. i know it was reported real quick just to follow up on that i know it was reported that at the very end the blues were willing to talk about a no move with alex petrangelo i believe it was like the 11th hour and at that point it was it was over everybody kind of knew he was going to be moving on based on your reporting your understanding and you could tell me if you, this is just purely speculative do you think Army would be willing to go there with Ryan O'Reilly? Because if you're willing to do it for anybody, I would imagine it is him. But do you think he might be willing to do that for O'Reilly? It's a fair question, and I guess just straight answering the question, yes, I think he would consider it. However, I feel that Doug would probably look at that as opening up a can of worms. And if if you've got this steadfast, strict policy, like you guys have heard him say time and time again, that it gives the player more power than the owner, then perhaps he doesn't budge on it because he doesn't want the next guy coming to him. Hey, Ryan O'Reilly got one. Let's do it. You know, so it is kind of a tricky situation. But, you know, to me, I understand what Doug means when he says that, uh, you know, if we give a guy a no-trade clause – and we want him to move, it's it's going to happen. Like, it's going to happen. You can force a guy's hand into moving a guy with a no-trade clause. We see it happen around the league. But in that mailbag, you probably saw it, the Blues are tied for the most no-trade clauses yep. in the league with Tampa Bay at seven. And, 
sure, Vladimir Tarasenko was going to get a no trade when he signed his big deal years and years ago. But you can say that it kind of handcuffs the Blues a little bit when they can't move him this offseason because he has a no trade clause. That's not to say that's the only thing. I mean, teams have to have interest. Doug Armstrong has to like has to like the return. There's so many things involved in making that happen, even when a guy has a no trade clause. But to me, no trade clauses wind up being just as challenging as no movement clause. So what's the difference? Well, that, you could have moved those guys too, and you weren't able to for the Matthew Kachuk problem because of the no trade. And that's that's Marco always been Scandella. my mm-hmm. concern with the not concern. I guess my frustration with the unwillingness to give out the no move. Like if you're signing these guys, the players that are worth the no movement clause. You're not waiving them. You're not assigning them to the minors. It's not actually changing anything that you can do. It's just a label. And so for some of these guys, I guess I'm also confused as to why this become the it became the in vogue thing for players. I I suppose it gives you more security of knowing where you're going to be. And the real thing is the expansion draft, right? When right. the expansion draft was coming up, I get it. You don't want to be exposed in that in literally any like Vladimir Tarasenko was was exposed in that. So anybody it could have happened for you if they didn't want your contract on the books. But otherwise, in general, in a typical season, it doesn't really change that much in terms of what you're able or willing to do with a guy like Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah, and, you know, guys like O'Reilly and guys like Tarasenko, like I said, he's not going to sign that deal, that seven-year deal he signed years ago without the no trade, right? Everybody's getting them. But let's just use Scandella as an example. He has a modified no trade. He cannot go to seven teams. We don't know what those seven teams are, but we can imagine, right? Well, you can't (laughs) tell me that Doug Armstrong probably couldn't have moved Marco Scandella to one of those bottom feeder teams and rid the the team of that kind contract, but he probably couldn't do it because of that modified no-trade clause. Uh, I, I like this question to you, JR, and it kind of ties into all of this from the 3 one Does The way that the Blues handled David Perron and past players that went into free agency, does that affect Ryan O'Reilly's re-signing with the team? So, yeah, I saw Ryan O'Reilly at an event a couple weeks ago at CBC High School and didn't get a really chance to talk to him about uh, exactly what you're asking, but he was pretty bummed out for David Prawn. He knows how much David Prawn wanted to be here. They had spoken a couple times, really bummed out. So the question came up in the mailbag, kind of like you're asking, is how does that play into the O'Reilly talks? And and beyond that big picture, do, uh, do players outside of St. Louis look at there being a loyalty issue in St. Louis? And, you know, my answer to that is, yeah, I guess a little bit. But I think by and large players have been treated so fairly here and so well. Uh, Players, you know, the story about St. Louis is it's a good place to play. Great organization. Bottom line, Alex, is this. You know, it's a business. Each player looks at their situation individually. Um, You know, we've seen players like Alex Petrangelo leave in the past. And guess what? Saad still signed here. Buchnevich. Yeah you know, came here and signed long-term. So, you know, I think that uh, they look at the situation case-by-case case on their own. This one comes from the text line as well from the 314. JR, what about Kyra? Are you hearing anything about extensions with him? Nothing updated. And, you know, you mentioned at the top of the, the segment here that uh, on vacation. So taking a little bit of a step back, so I haven't been as plugged in. But uh, nothing with Kyra. Doug Armstrong had the uh, line where he said you were leading the horses, you know, one by one in. And Robert Thomas was first. You know, at the time you thought, hey, are they not doing with Kairou because they're probably moving him. And, That's what I thought. Yeah, <laughs> and th- that didn't happen. So so we'll see. Um, you know, I think the bigger question with uh, Kairou is uh, if and when, what does that contract look like? Because I really the same? don't. Well, I, I just don't think so. I'm being honest with you that uh, $8 million is a lot for a guy like Jordan Kairou, and I'm sure he's going to want a real similar deal to Robert Thomas. Well, guess what? You know what? Go out, prove it. Prove that uh, you can be there. You know, not just scoring goals and not just showing us some speed, but you're not taking plays off like we saw in the playoffs. And on the penalty kill. Yeah. I mean, that's the one thing that, that plays into $8 million for Robert Thomas is the penalty kill. Uh, final one for me, and this is from the 618. Any news, JR, are you hearing on Nazem Kadri? 
No one except for is there a report today? I think I was scrolling Twitter and it said that uh, is he going to the Islanders? Which you know it makes sense with us not hearing any news on that because that's what Lou does. He keeps those. I con- just assume good free agents that haven't announced that they've signed are going, 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 going to the Islanders. They're going to the Islanders. Ah, Lou, yeah. Lou's doing this. Well, and it makes sense. They got the money. They need the forward. You know, Kadri probably like to go to a place where he can be a. You know, a bigger player than than who he is in, in Colorado. So uh, that one makes sense. I think that's why people are still hoping that Tarasenko is going to get traded to the Islanders because <laughs> the Islanders haven't done anything and they're just connecting the dots. Yeah, it was like uh, last summer, I think, uh, you waited and waited and waited, and all of a sudden, like, uh, the Islanders announced four signings on the same day in August. All right, this one comes from the 636. We'll get you out of here on this one, JR. Yep. Who's the Blues player that fans should be paying attention to that could take a big step forward in 2022? You can take this in any direction. Maybe it's a player that's already good that you think is going to have a career year or somebody that we know very little about that you think could just make the roster at some point during the season. Yeah, no, real good question. Um, So I think, you know, everybody on the roster we're familiar with, you know, I don't think there's a guy on the roster that could really surprise you. Um, But I think if you look at some of the, the guys who've gotten a taste of it and haven't played long stretches, you're looking at a Perinovich. You know, they have eight uh, defensemen signed to the one-way contracts. Uh, you know, is there going to be room for everybody? Guys are going to have to prove themselves. So if Scotty Prinovich can step in there, you know, and, and get some time in the top six, yeah, but maybe even some top four time if there's an injury, uh, yeah, I think that'd be beneficial to him and he could really show what he's doing. And then Jake Neighbors, you know, last year we are talking about if he didn't play with the Blues, he had to go back to junior. Well, guess what? This year, no junior eligibility. He'd go to the minors if they, uh, you know, if they wanted to sign him to the to the minors. Uh, so I think, you know, watch out for him. I think he could help in that bottom six. Jr. appreciate you coming in and doing this on your off day. People should be checking out your work over at the Athletic when you get back off of vacation, and they can of course be following you on Twitter at JP Rutherford. Anytime, boys. You're the best. That's Jeremy Rutherford joining us in studio here today.